Hi everyone, it's Robbie Lockie here, your host of the PBN podcast. Today we are really excited to introduce Mr. Roger Franklin. He's a TED speaker, an author, and a man of many movements, some say stretch obsessed. <laughs> Welcome, mm. Roger. Cool, thanks for having me. So before we go into your life as, and what you do now and all your different skills and talents, would you like to tell us about your plant-based story and how you kind of came across the plant-based movement and got involved in it? Right, okay. Um, that's an interesting question. How do I get... I was like, I guess like five years ago, I was vegan for a year. And then I've been, according to my diet, I've been vegetarian for four years. And then in the last four months, I've, I'm following a, a plant-based diet. Yeah. And how do you find it? How do I find it? Um, in terms of what? In, in terms of kind of ease, because obviously eating animal products is often seen as quite easy. It's very easy to throw a piece of meat on a pan and right. throw in some veg a couple of vegetables, whereas plant-based, you'd have to tend to be a little bit more creative and plan a little bit more ahead. Okay, yeah, I guess the only difference is probably I'm eating an extra meal a day. Like in terms of finance, it's probably three quid. <laughs> an extra bread sandwich. Yeah. So I just find I have to just le eat a little bit more and often um, than I was before. Mm -hmm. So probably like when I was veggie, it was about three, um, three meals and now it's probably like four, sometimes five. What inspired the change though? Why did you start changing the way you ate? Um, I just decided I wouldn't milk a cow, mm -hmm. really. Um, that's it. <laughs> did you see something right. though? Like, did you see a film, or, or did something, or someone say something to you? No, I mean, um, no, it wasn't anything specific. Mm -hmm. It was like, I, I know the only thing that that stopped me from following a plant-based diet was the fact that um, I like cheese and chocolate, and it was it was very small, mm -hmm. and I was like, there's probably a lot of alternatives now that would satisfy my craving. Did you see the that? chocolate shop on the corner when you came in? No, I didn't there's even know. There's, there's like a, uh, an African, uh, was it African or Caribbean chocolate place on the corner with raw chocolate and all kinds of different chocolates. Really? We'll have to pop in afterwards. Or is it plant-based? No, there's a, there's a vegan section. There's right. obviously a, a large section of alcoholic chocolates and various other ones as well. Truffles okay. and everything, it's incredible. It's obviously, there's a big difference between chocolate and like raw chocolate. Right. Because obviously you get simple chocolate, which is sugar, dairy and cocoa. Okay. And then you get raw chocolate, which is unadulterated, unprocessed, unheated cacao. Got which it. Which gives you that hit that kind of like it's quite nice to have it in the morning get you going give you the buzz <laughs> okay so it just gets you like yeah i always have it with my breakfast what percentage is it it's like 90 percent cacao. okay awesome yeah, yeah i have a tablespoon on my on my cereal mix it in awesome that'll get you going <laughs> yeah that'll get you going for sure to be taken carefully though because if you have any kind of like anxiety or kind of like nervous energy it can kind of turn the volume up really like, yeah like yeah. a coffee or something yeah yeah okay so obviously it's good to like understand people's perspectives when it comes to plant-based because obviously like you know people come to the, the lifestyle for various different reasons mm. a lot of people say people come for the health and stay for the animals right like how, how, how many years ago did you start kind of experimenting with this way of eating um, so yeah I guess it like I could answer it an easy way and just be like oh yeah it's for the animals or it was just um, did you mention the cow? The obviously, what's that? You mentioned the cow, didn't you? I didn't. You, you yeah, I, well, I just, I just, I just find eating eating meat a bit weird. That's all. That's like, and it's not like, it's just, it's just a bit odd. That's all. I just, I just wouldn't kill one like myself. Yeah. Like I'm not. I don't believe everyone should be vegan or everyone should have a plant based diet. Yeah. Because then that would me, be me saying I'm right and they're wrong. Mm -hmm. Whereas I know for me like that is a choice that I've made for myself. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, as far as like for the animals, um, I don't really, I don't really like animals, but I don't really not like animals. I mean, like. You're indifferent to them. 
Yeah, well, I guess we're all beings. We're all beings, but some people, some people are like, I love animals. Mm. Um, Did you grow up with any animals? Dogs no, I grew up on a, a farm. I grew yeah. up on a farm. Yeah. Um, like, I like them. Yeah. I'm not like, I don't love them. And like, I, I, I love them, but I don't like want to like go and hug them. Yeah. If I see one, I'm like, oh, that's cool. But yeah. It's, yeah. I have the same reaction to like a dog. Like, I have a dog. Yeah. But I don't get home and go, oh, hello, come here. Yeah, I'm yeah. just like, all right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, all right, how you doing? Yeah, yeah. There's not really, um, I'm not very emotional when it comes to um, animals. Mm, for right. me, it just seemed, it just seemed for me, it was a, it was a logical choice. I mm. guess the first, I'm, I'm quite a logical person, I mm. guess. The first thing I watched was 100 Re and One Reasons to Go Vegan. Mm -hmm. That was like four years ago. And then I saw, that I think there's a guy who came on and introduced it, really well produced. Gary Yorosky. No, not him. He's full on. You know, <laughs> this was someone who's more kind of putting it into perspective. Uh -huh. it was, I know, he showed like a picture of a pig, a picture of a, oh, I think a I dog know or something like that. And he was like, would, if someone was hitting this pig with a baseball bat, what would you do? I know that one. Have There's you, a quite a few, obviously, 101 Reasons to Go. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. That is, yeah, oh, I see. I know what you mean. Watch yeah. that. It, just, mm -hmm. it, it, just, it was just really smart, really, really well put together. And I watched it and I was just like... It was logical. It was just logical. Right. I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." Yeah. So yeah, it was. It was never like, "Oh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I would defend the pig." Mm -hmm. um, I was just like, "Yeah, it makes sense. Works for me." And then that day, I kind of st I stopped eating. Um, yeah, that day I stopped eating meat. Yeah. yeah. Just made sense. Yeah. It just. It just. 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 Yeah, it worked. I had like a build around the house the other day. It was quite funny. And then he, he was like, "Oh, like, can I have a cup of tea?" And uh, he's like, can you just do it without milk? Mm -hmm. And um, he's like, do you have soy milk? And I was like, oh, like you vegetarian or something? Yeah, he was just like, yeah, yeah, but I just don't usually say it. And he was just like, yeah, I never got eating animals. And yeah, yeah it's just, it just quite yeah. funny. Um, there's a bit of a stigma for men when it comes to eating meat. Um, you know, kind of the whole manliness and the bravado of kind of not being vegetarian because that's what women do. Right. I don't know if you know, like the vegan movement or plant-based movement, it's actually some 89% women. Okay, so, I didn't know that. Yeah, no. so it's, it's kind of, it seems to be a bit of a hard sell to men to kind of get them to try this lifestyle because there's, there's a lot of fear around cutting out meat and, and avoiding that. But, right. but, but when it comes to kind of like, obviously, how we feel about other beings, people, animals, whatever, there's, there's a certain amount of compassion that comes from us as people. If you see something or someone, or something, someone suffering, a person, an individual, you feel something, don't you? you? If you see something crying out in pain, you feel something. You kind of like, I don't know if you know about mirror neurons, but we as humans are, have this function in our brain that allows us to almost place ourselves in the position of others, which is where some say the centers of compassion come from. But do you think human beings are born with this or do you think it's something that we learn? Like, how, how do you see the way we see suffering? Um, yeah, I guess it depends how you, in what way you see um, suffering, really. I mean, like, everything has to die. Mm -hmm. So it depends how we, how we perceive, I guess, we'd all per perceive suffering to be different. Like, would you kill a spider? No. But if, if the, the spider kills the fly, do you yeah. know what I mean? And then, do you know what I mean? It's, I, I wouldn't kill the spider. But the spider doesn't have but moral agency, like, does it? Like it doesn't have free but, will to choose. But it's going around killing flies. <laughs> so I could save all those flies. You could. Like, do you know what I mean? Just <laughs> like that. It's like, it gets me every time. Like, I wouldn't do it. Of course, yeah. I wouldn't kill yeah. anything. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's, it's a weird one, isn't it? Mm. So when you go like, it has to happen. Every, like... But Every, do you think we're born with that, though? That feeling when you see someone suffering or, you know, see an animal, like a person suffering, and you feel their suffering in some way inside of you, do you think that's something that we're taught as children to identify with others? Or do you think it's kind of like built into us as people? Like empathy? Yeah. Slash compassion. It's kind of, they're intertwined, aren't they? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Because, like, as a kid on a farm growing up, mm. like, cows were, were there for us to eat. Mm-hmm. Like there was no like that was that was logical for my unconditioned mm -hmm. uh, mind yeah at that point i also grew up on a farm as well really I saw them the same way yeah yeah i mean like it was logical to kick the cow in the head mm -hmm. or, and to kick the pig in the head and to and to freaking 
buzz it with electric thing if it didn't get into the van. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's just what everyone did. Why, so why do you think g- that is though? Like, why do you think people saw animals in this way in your childhood? Because a standard farm, isn't it? Like a yeah, I mean, like, yeah, well, every week, you know, I always wanted to go on the cattle run. And one of the reasons I wanted to go on the cattle run is you get a free bacon sandwich. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, and that's... Yeah. Uh, so I've, I've seen it from the other side. Maybe that kind of is this kind of shrew underlining. Maybe it's a guilt thing mm-hmm. that like, I know I was responsible for, you know, essentially taking pigs to death row mm-hmm. right i was uh week in week out um so what kind of farm was it was it it's just, it's just like an animal it's just uh just we had like pigs cows mm-hmm. um sheep but i always wanted to take the pigs to market just for the bacon sandwich like looking back at it now it seems like insane but yeah everyone to get the pigs onto the lorry uh, they didn't want to go so you have to buzz them a little mm-hmm. bit mm-hmm. But yeah, I'd get angry with them, freaking kick them, mm-hmm. because that's what everyone did. Mm-hmm. So then as a kid, you just react the same. So yeah. I guess there was no compassion no. in my, even at the age of six or seven years old, watching that, because mm-hmm. you're watching the other humans and there's no com- compassion in their face. There's a job to be done. The pig's been naughty by running away. <laughs> Go and get the pig, electric mm-hmm. shock him and put him back. So it's hard to say that you're born with that, because then, but in another scenario, it could be another animal and then you'd see someone react in a certain way mm. and then you mimic the, other, the, the adults or, or the person in charge, you'd mimic their emotion, I guess. So you would say people are conditioned and yeah. kind of almost programmed. Yeah, 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 of course. Any kid can be programmed. Yeah. I mean, like, look at religion. Mm-hmm. It's, quite, it's quite easy to program. Yeah. <laughs> Have you, heard of, have you heard of the term carnism? No, what's that? So carnism is an, what, we call, what we would say an invisible belief system that pervades our entire world. Right, okay. Which says that eating and killing animals is normal, needed and necessary. And it's a, it's a belief system um, just like veganism. Um, right. And veganism is the counterculture to carnism. Because when you grow up, you're taught that, you ha- that eating animals is normal, needed and necessary. And you don't question it. And we all do it. We're just given this plate of bacon sandwich and we eat it and we consume it and we kind of just assume that's what we need to do. And we teach our children and our children teach their children mm. and it continues to perpetuate in our society. And then along came Donald Watson and he said, you know, um, he actually, you know, I don't know if you know the history of the word vegan, but it's actually vegetarian with the center pulled out. Right, okay. the, the beginning and the end of vegetarian. Oh, is that how it, was that how it found yeah. originally? I mean, yeah. And, here's, and the movement of veganism was to kind of exist as a counterculture to this dominant ideology, which said, you know, killing animals and taking the lives of other sentient beings is normal. We have to do it to exist, to be healthy. Mm. And obviously we now know that that's not necessarily true, that many people live vibrant and healthy lives. But it's interesting the kind of, because, you know, the, the dichotomy or the kind of cognitive dissonance that goes on in people's minds, the two belief systems, I love animals, but I kill them. Mm. they're opposing thoughts aren't they mm-hmm. like you'll love your dog but you'd never eat your dog would you no. if you went to a, over to a friend's house for dinner and you were eating the meal and you were like oh this is so delicious can I have the recipe and your friend said uh, oh it's like 10 pounds of golden retriever you would probably I'm guessing react in disgust <laughs> right. or be a little bit like unless you've traveled a lot and been to, to Asia you'd probably be quite repulsed by that mm-hmm. and the idea is is that you know, we treat some animals some ways and other animals other ways because of this belief system. Okay. And so that kind of is what veganism is essentially challenging, that narrative. But um, it's, it's quite difficult though because obviously the vegan movement is quite small. There's only mm. like 1% of the population. Yeah. Um, and as kind of vegans, you know, we, we quite, it's quite difficult to, to kind of talk to other people about it. Like your friends and family, obviously, who come from a farm, farming family, how they reacted to your kind of not eating meat. You know, how did it? Did they think you're crazy? Or to who, my family? Your family and your peers and people around you. I don't know. I don't really care, to be yeah. honest, because yeah. I know it's a decision that's right for me. Yeah. Um, I'm not trying to persuade them to join me and I'm not trying to, um, you know, I, I, I kind of, I don't even bring up the topic, really. Yeah. I just go like, 
but they must say something to you when you go over and like you don't eat any meat do they no i just get no as you know i just try i'm trying to like dampen it because i tell you what i don't really i don't again i don't really use the term vegan or plant-based really and and the reason for that is you know like if you eat meat i don't give you a name Mm -hmm. right i don't want to be i'm vegan but you're normal Mm -hmm. for me to create a new name or to to coincide with with the word vegan or the word plant-based would would be to put to separate me into something that's different from the norm Mm -hmm. rather than a group of meat eaters being carnivores Mm -hmm. and me being normal Mm -hmm. so by me saying i'm not vegan and maybe i'm plant-based but i'm not even really saying that Mm -hmm. if i just go like i'm just consuming this food Mm -hmm. and without a label then it makes it normal and for me if if we want to make it normal to not eat meat Mm -hmm. then we need to drop the 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 terms you need to drop the label but how do people identify you then if they don't know? there is no i don't need an identification (laughs) i am roger and I consume food. Mm-hmm. Mostly plants. <laughs> Mo- yeah, mostly. Yeah. But I, do you know I mean, I don't need a term. Mm. So it's almost, because it's almost become as like that, that if you eat meat, there's no term for what you eat. You don't get the carnivore menu. Well, it's omnivore, mm. isn't it? So omnivore and, omnivore is someone who kind of just eats anything, everything. Right, okay. But you don't, you don't hear people saying, Omnivore, like marching yeah, for I, omnivore. I yeah, exactly. I don't want the special menu. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, I want that one. Yeah. But don't, don't you think, though, the more we talk about it, the more it normalizes? Like, no. you know, three, four years ago, people were afraid of the word vegan. Now it's popping up everywhere. You see in no, restaurants. No, don't get me wrong. I think that's amazing. Yeah. I think that's amazing. But, the, but I, I'm not going to go, I, I don't do I ams. Mm. I am Roger. Mm-hmm. And that's it. You know, I, I consume food you like to you don't like labels <laughs> no no i don't I've, yeah. i think that i think they separate us they do uh, it's the same with, with i am black mm. i am gay mm-hmm. they, they're they're separating words mm. that say you're different from the norm rather that you don't need to identify as a word that separates but if you, you what's wrong with being different like if you are different but then you're saying i am different different doesn't necessarily mean separate it just means different yeah, but like, it's it's this is how this is how wars start. Yeah. This is how religion starts. Like yeah. Everything is to do with the language that we use. Mm-hmm. When when we rip away that language mm-hmm. and go like, you know, dogs don't care if the other dog is black or white or mm-hmm. gay mm-hmm. or you know <laughs> from or Muslim or whatever. Mm-hmm. They just like mingle together mm-hmm. and it's like, hey, dog, how mm-hmm. you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, I've read a lot of I guess like deep. Mm-hmm kind of books and you know it's what i've found is is the terminology that we use is not effective for the kind of world that we want to live in mm-hmm. so if, if when i dampen mm. you know the language that i use is which is why i'm not i don't really call myself a personal trainer i'm just mm-hmm. like whatever you can call me whatever you, you don't want. like to fit into a box well no like i, I yeah. am i am some kind of being and anything yeah. else around that is is just language mm-hmm. so if we don't change the language that we use, then it will continue to exist. And by making new languages that continue to divide and continue mm. to divide, then in my eyes, we're constantly separating ourselves into little groups. And when really we're just living, breathing beings that are here for a little bit of time and mm. then gone forever. And then we're gone. Just, just a few more questions about the, the vegan movement. Like, right. obviously, have you experienced much of it? Like, have you been a part, been with around any activists or anything? So yeah, so um, both my sisters are vegan activists. Okay. And um, I, I, sp- I spent a day with them in um, where was it in Leicester Square? Is Phoebe and Jane your sisters? Yeah. Did you never do that? I did not know that. Did you not? No. That's mad. Oh my god, that's crazy. So they wear the mask, the Earth Yeah, yeah, I know them both very well. So they yeah, so yeah. they gave me a laptop and a mask. Yeah, I wish yeah. I wanted to do one. Yeah, yeah. Um, How did I not know that they were your sisters? That's crazy. I knew I knew obviously I had seen the two names. I was like, right. I wonder if they're related. But then that's so I funny. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you knew that. No. They're like no. every vegan knows. No, no, I know the them both really sisters. well. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, they're amazing. They're inspiring. I think they're, they're awesome what they're doing. Wow. With the Earthlings experience. So yeah, they, they, they well, they didn't even, they didn't ask me. I mm-hmm. was just, I was training nearby. Yeah. And they, and then I went and I was like, give me a laptop, give me a mask. Mm-hmm. I want to do this for, yeah. for once, right? And I yeah. thought it'd be interesting. So that was, that was just a really cool experience to do. How did you feel standing there with that um, laptop? I felt, um, how did I feel? It was just, it was really, just really interesting just watching people's reactions. Cause you've got a mask on, no one can see you mm-hmm. or no one like knows who you are. So yeah. you become like just this, just this face. But there was this, this one girl, she just was like, well, she was a, there's a group of friends and this girl walked up and then she just started watching the screen. And then like, she just started crying like crazy. And it was just like, it was like amazing. It was like the most emotional mm-hmm. like experience ever. I was wow. just like, it was just wicked. I was just like, I was, I was like responsible for that. Mm-hmm. Like that's like her, were you coming, seeing her, her coming out. Were you seeing her compassion? <laughs> what did she call it? <laughs> were you witnessing her compassion for the animals? Yeah, no, you just see people wake up. Yeah. And it was just, I remember when I watched that program and I was yeah. just like, oh shit. Yeah. Like, I, I, like when I first watched 101 Reasons, yeah. Reasons to Go Be, I can't watch any of them anymore. Yeah. I watched two. Yeah. Both times I watch them, I just start, I like literally just tears just roll down my face. Mm. I don't cry for anyone. Mm. I don't, you know, I don't really, I'm not, I'm completely unemotional. Mm. But for some reason, whenever I watch these, that I, I, I can't watch it. It yeah. literally, it, it, it taps in something inside of me. I'm, I'm very, I'm completely unemotional in some ways, but I'm very in touch with my, with um, sensations within my body. When you say unemotion, do you think unemotional? Do you think that's something that you've created as you've grown as a man, or do you think that's something that's just innate to who you are as a person? Um, like, have you always been like that, as far as you can, as you can remember? What do I say? Unemotional. I just yeah. I'm just. I don't know. I'd, I'm just quite unreactive to mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Would probably be the best term. Yeah. I'm not. I'm, I don't know. I'm not really. Uh, I'm not really affected by a lot. Um, no, because I don't know, it's just because I don't really take things personally. And I, I don't really take, I, I guess the best way, I don't really take things to heart. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it, it makes me quite cold because mm-hmm. someone could say something that, would, that most people would be offended by. And I, and it, I don't know, it would just kind of brush over me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, watching those programs, I, I, I just, I'll start watching them now. Yeah. Well, they do the job don't they? So I yeah. think that's ultimate. I always say to people, you know, don't subject yourself to this imagery and these videos on a regular basis because you will traumatize yourself unnecessarily. You know, yeah. if you've made the decision to go plant-based or vegan, you know, don't expose yourself over and over and over to these things because, you know, there are parts of you that are sensitive to these messages and these images and they can affect you in a negative way. They can make you angry, misanthropic and kind of quite resentful of humanity. So mm. and it can make it feel like, I don't know, Matt, as you said earlier, there's, you know, 1% of vegans. Yeah. So it can feel like, like a freaking uphill battle. Yeah. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's, it's nice seeing all these, you know, like veganism becoming normal mm-hmm. and the, all these menus. I mean, like I was vegan four years ago. There was never, never any of this. Mm-hmm. It's like amazing. Mm. It's gone um, mainstream. It really has, but it's just, it still feels like, just like an uphill, like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like it's, I think yeah, the more that people just, you know, just see it as normal, yeah. then it's just. Well, if, if your sisters have anything to do with it, we will be, have a vegan world in no time yeah. at all. I mean, they're a lot more they're a lot more strict than me. They wouldn't even sit around the table yeah. with someone eating meat. Yeah, um, I'm still I'm still blown away that they're your sisters. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should get what them a, in. What they're, a, they're what, a po- what a polarity! Just in the way you know. I mean, obviously you're you're plant based slash vegan curious, as that we might say. But um, they're <laughs> vegan of, well, curious. Yeah, so you're like you know you know I know you hate labels, but I mean like yeah. as in like you identify with the ideals of veganism. Oh yeah, oh, the, the, the vegan belief system fits, fits alongside my beliefs. Yeah. Like the values of veganism I'm all for. Yeah, they're aligned with 100 you. billion percent, complete, yeah. oh, completely. Yeah. N- not, not consuming da- dairy mm. since, uh, since now I'm fully plant-based. Mm. 
I feel I'm in line with my values mm. and what I believe in. When I'm, consu- when I'm consuming chocolate for the sake of some chocolate, yeah. I feel like it was just unnecessary when really there's just, there's other options that I could be choosing. Mm. Jane, Jane and Phoebe are full on. Like the thing is, is there's, we've got eight, there's eight of us in our family. Wow. So we all used to have- Eight Christ- siblings. Yeah. Wow. We all used to have Christmas together. Yeah. And these they, these two went vegan activists, and then there's other people in my family, the complete opposite, mm. who are like you know, not anti-vegan, but just like would never even <laughs> would never even think to like you know like just very like old school, always have their meat and tea mm. veg. Um, said yeah, so we don't eat dinner, and I'm in the middle. Mm. I would sit around you know eat dinner with anyone. Mm. It does I don't really care what you eat mm. because I'm doing it for me. Whereas Jane and Phoebe have the belief system that everyone should be vegan and they go out and they, mm. you know, um, they're on a mission. Promote though, them, they? yeah, they are. Yeah. So I just, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm in the middle of my family. Like I yeah. won't, I won't consume meat or dairy, but you know, I still sit around it's the, the table middle path. People. Yeah. So, no, and again, none are right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Everyone's on their own little journey, mm. and you know I think for everyone it's just important that you stick with you know stick yeah. with your own journey, and mm. I mean, you'll know when you're in line with your values because you feel good. Absolutely. Moving on to fitness and movement and your pa- your other passions, what your your passions should I say mm. is your you know let's talk about your TED talk, two million views. Uh, do you want to tell listeners about your TED talk, how it happened, and? How it feels to have a video that's touched so many people. Yeah, it's 2.3 million now, which is like amazing. Um, yeah, it was a Brian. He's been on your show before. Mm-hmm. Brian from London Real. He um, he uh, challenged me to do a TED Talk years ago. And um, yeah, I just said yes. And I started writing one. Um, yeah, and then it just went mad on YouTube. Yeah. I guess it's a hot topic. Mm-hmm. Why sitting down destroys you. Mm. Everyone sits down. There's a lot of research gone into the talk, uh, the content. Practiced it for over a year. Wow. Yeah. So That's yeah, what you, when you see it, it's 13 minutes, but there was so much rehearsal mm-hmm. um, behind that that it was like insane. Um, I loved all the jokes you were cracking all the way through. It was great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but they're all rehearsed. All yeah. rehearsed. Every yeah. joke was rehearsed. Every laugh. Yeah. Every pause. It was, it was great. It, like yeah, they were, it it should have looked completely. Whereas where yeah, it was good. And obviously, out of that has come all kinds of opportunities and amazing things you've been up to. You've mm. Released a book, the flexible body move better anywhere, anytime in ten minutes a day. Um, um, tell us about your book and, and yeah, why so the, it's so awesome. The book has uh, been, I mean, number one on the gymnastics chart for nearly a year. Wow! So yeah, that's amazing. So basically, there's just nine moves mm-hmm. that the reader is trying to complete. Mm-hmm. So they're not trying to get fit. Um, again, there's no label. No, I'm joking. <laughs> there's just nine moves in the book that people are trying to uh, complete, um, and these are couple of the movements are especially movements that we had access to as children mm-hmm. and that we should be getting back. One is the squat, which I talk about all the time. I see it a lot on Instagram. The resting <laughs> position. Squat life. <laughs> yeah, squat life. So the, yeah, you're trying to get back the natural resting position you had uh, as a child. And whilst you're there, you can get back the, um, you can recondition yourself. <laughs> And, and with this, these sort of techniques, that you call it the Frampton method? Yeah, um, I have to call it something. Yeah, you know, for a man who doesn't like labels. So no. You obviously coalesce your thoughts and, uh, and feelings and techniques into this, into the style of movement. Um, what, are the, what's the kind of, what kind of things does it cure or what is it mostly focused on? Like, how does it help people? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it just, it, just need, it needed a name, so we, it was called the Frampton method. I guess, um, re- really, all you're trying to get back is, is so basically, I, I studied a slightly different path outside of, I guess, the, the natural personal trainer. Mm-hmm. Most people will study personal training and they'll go and coach. I studied functional uh, performance movement and therapy, um, which looks at kind of how people walk 
and we study like intricate detail. Mm -hmm. So in, so I don't believe in getting people to move more. That's mm -hmm. not my message. My message is getting people to move more in line with how they're designed to move. Mm -hmm. so, Better movement. Mm? Better movement rather than just more movement. I want to say better because it's, it's saying... Um, <laughs> Sorry, it's better. Um, why is it better? Yeah, I wouldn't say better because there's nothing wrong. It's just maybe natural. Mm -hmm. When you talk about child-like child, child, child positions yeah. and the way people are as infants. Yeah, it's, it's natural. No, no, it's, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't describe it as better. I would say it's more natural and if you if you stick with what's more natural mm -hmm. to you as a human being, mm -hmm. you're less likely to have chronic disease mm -hmm. twenty for the last twenty five years of your life. Mm -hmm. So there there is quite a strong message in your book. Mm -hmm. In the book, there's two thirds of um, seventy five year olds mm -hmm. suffer from chronic disease. Mm -hmm. That's one of, that's one of the big statistics. Um, but humans are living longer than they've ever lived. Mm -hmm. So up to a hundred years old. So what we're saying is by that figure is that the last 25 years of people's lives, mm. um, they are suffering. Mm. So imagine just 25 years of your life. Just so I train now for my, this is my training is just mm. like my pension plan. Mm. So You're investing in that future. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which, is, which is a really slow, mm. long journey. Mm. So it's all about learning movements and really taking your time to learn mm. them. And um, this is something that you do on a daily basis, all day, every day. I mean, I obviously experience your Instagram like everyone else does mm. and see you stretching and pulling and twisting and standing in your head. Um, is this something you're always doing all the time? Or is it something that you do in kind of blocks? Like do you do in the morning and then after lunch or whatever? Or is it like something that you find yourself continuously flowing through? Yeah, it's, it's continuous really, I guess. The, the, the key thing is that everybody has a movement goal. Mm -hmm. So everybody has a movement that they're working towards. So for example, my, my movement goal at the minute is a gymnastic handstand, mm -hmm. which will take roughly about five years. So I'm about two and a half years into that. What's a gymnastic handstand? A gymnastic handstand is basically you're holding your body rigidly straight. On your hands? Yeah, and, f yeah. and no for head. mastery, yeah, straight arms, shoulders externally rotated. Yeah. Fingers spread, uh, um, palms rest into the floor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's, there's like details all the way up here. Mm -hmm. um, and to be able to be a complete master of that move, I'll need to be able to hold that for 60 seconds. Wow. So until I, so it's for me, the training is just constantly working at that until mastery. And then once I've mastered it, there'll be a new movement goal. Five years. Yeah, which is quite small. It's, what's that, 5% of my life? Right. Which is tiny. For, for 60 seconds. <laughs> it's a commitment, isn't it? Oh, uh, yeah, but through learning the handstand, I'm right. going to like, have phenomenal self-awareness, mm. phenomenal discipline. Mm -hmm. I have really open shoulders. Mm -hmm. I want to understand more about my body mm -hmm. than 99% you know, of people in the world. Mm. I will get to work alongside the best gymnast gymnastic coaches. Mm. I get to, to take everything I've learned, mm. descale de it down and mm. take it to other people. Mm -hmm. I get better hip mobility. I get better like core strength. You know, it's a journey, a long yeah, journey. Yeah, and everything through that that mm -hmm. I've built, people go, oh, it's just a handstand. Mm -hmm. Within that, mm -hmm. there's just like so many, mm -hmm. so many learning points. It's just you're amazing. building that castle and then you can step back and look at it, but yeah. it's a long, long process. Yeah, so yeah, so yeah, with the training, it's just constantly just, it's just grinding away. Who's that guy who's in prison for ages and he just gets scratching the walls? <laughs> What's that movie? Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, so I'm like him with a freaking toothbrush, you know, <laughs> until I get that gymnastic mm -hmm. handstand. Mm -hmm. I'm not in a rush, mm -hmm. it will happen. I'm, I'm, he was in prison for like his life, mm -hmm. you know, I'm in this, this earth for life. Mm -hmm. So as soon as I've ticked that off, boom, next one. There are a lot of people in this world who sit a lot, too much, right? Mm -hmm. And it causes a lot of problems, myself included. I have chronic right. lower back pain from 20 years sitting at a computer, you know, levering okay. away. What kind of advice have you got to, you know, half of Western world who sits on the house for too long and, and has chronic pain of some sort? Okay, so I, I'd first get you to choose a movement goal. Mm -hmm. um, because 
that's probably the best way of dealing with it. Mm. So just say, if I said to you, I want to see what your squat looked like, mm -hmm. right? So I'd analyze what it looked like, mm. and I know that as a human, you're designed to do that. So you can see by someone squatting, if it's... Yeah, what's missing. What's missing so yeah, if, if you turn your feet out, I know it's your Achilles. Yeah. If your feet roll, if your knees start to roll in, yeah. I know it's your hips. Uh -huh. If you go like, if you can't get down low enough, yeah. And, you know, I'll know by like your shins, your ankle, yeah, yeah. everything. Okay. So I would say, whenever I meet someone first, I'm yeah. like, can you just can you just sit like that? Mm. Because every four year old sits like that. Mm -hmm. Number one, you shit like that. And number <laughs> yeah. two, you rest like that. It's natural. That's, that's yeah. There's even evidence to suggest it, that um, you give birth like that. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Um, so I'd need to. I'd, I'd just get you to a simple position. Anyone can go onto my YouTube, my Instagram. Mm -hmm see what a squat should look like, mm -hmm. your feet are facing forwards, and you're sitting all the way down, and you should be rested. Mm -hmm. um, if you can't do that, then spend some years getting it back, mm -hmm. like immediately. And that will help with everything else? Well, it's, Just squatting, or? It's or? not that it will help with anything else, it's just your design to do it, and if mm -hmm. you can't, it's a bit weird. Mm -hmm. Imagine just seeing an elephant that just lost the use of its trunk. Mm -hmm. it just, if it just didn't know how to use it, mm -hmm. you'd be like, fucking wrong with that elephant mm. like all the other elephants are fine you know that you know they understand that mm. they're dr drunk is for drinking water <laughs> and it's like we're humans like yeah. walking around in this body mm. that's designed to do specific movements and that it can't do should so, we all have squat desks with our laptops like in front of us yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean that like, squatty potty for for your desk yeah perfect <laughs> have you seen the squatty potty yeah i've got one <laughs> i've had one for years yeah i think they're great the pooping unicorn yeah that's genius. i mean like the 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 toilet was designed for comfort mm. but that was the no the, it was designed for two reasons actually mm. comfort and hygiene mm. that's why the that's why the toilet is designed. Mm. it wasn't designed for the intended purpose of going for a shit mm. if it was designed for the intended purpose every loo would be lower mm -hmm. and your quads would be at that angle mm -hmm. instead of parallel to the floor. Right. Um, should everyone have squat desks? No, not really, it won't make any difference. Should mm -hmm. everyone have standing desks? No, not really, you should just get a load more problems. People's Humans are not designed to be static. Mm -hmm. And the more static you, you, you are, the more your problems are gonna, will get worse. Mm -hmm. If you wanna know how humans are designed to move, then they just have a look at the next three-year-old you meet mm -hmm. and you can see that they don't sit still. Mm -hmm. and the reason they don't sit still is because they're not designed to. So, the, mm -hmm. so it's not that sitting down is a problem. I just use sitting down as an example. The issue is staticness mm -hmm. because people work at their office, mm -hmm. they'll leave the office to have lunch and they'll sit down. Mm -hmm. They'll go home, they'll sit in front of the TV, mm -hmm. they'll sit on the train to get home. Mm -hmm. Is it the con the usual is sitting down, mm -hmm. but it's more the staticness. If you stood at work for eight hours a day with a standing desk, mm. you'd get back pain. Mm. Or thrombosis in your legs or some kind yeah, of pain exactly. problem. Yeah, exactly. You're, 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 you're a moving machine. You mm. have over 800 muscles in your body. You're full of joints. Mm. There is blood flowing through you. You're, mm. you're not designed to be static. Mm. But instead of worrying about what to do at work, just mm -hmm. continue with your work, mm -hmm. but just do some good work outside of this. Mm -hmm. Stretch your body, get it open again. Choose a movement goal that you're going to obtain within however long. But you give yourself a, a time frame. Could be like my gymnastic handstand. Could be like, you know, how old are you? 38. 38, okay. By the time I'm 45, mm -hmm. I'm going to have the world's best squat. Mm -hmm that's what your movement goal wants to see six weeks mm -hmm. no don't do that one <laughs> and then just grind away until you mm -hmm. get it just give yourself plenty consistency of time. yeah it's key isn't it yeah like like you're doing with your business yeah just keep chipping away at it yeah every day just yeah. a little bit i like what you said earlier about uh, like investing in your in your old age that all this movement yeah. and stretching and this time that you're putting in now will assure a life of uh less suffering and disease later in life mm. it's that bank account you're investing in now and I think a lot of people don't we live in this kind of like quick win world, instant world don't we mm. instant movies on Netflix instant music on Spotify instantly removing friends by deleting and blocking them on Facebook mm. you know everything's instant instant Amazon instant products right and so we're kind of like training ourselves to have this world where things just come and go so quickly 
and we're forgetting that you know karma or cause and effect is a real thing and that we have to invest and take time we've got to save money for our future we've got to exercise our body for a better health in the future eat better you know for 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 less disease um but moving away from the body let's mm. talk about the mind and health and mental health right okay um growing up in your family big family it sounds like and you mm. were in the middle mm. how how what did that feel like being in the middle and you know did you have to sort of compete for the attention of others or were you very independent? You sound like quite an independent young man. Yeah, like. no, I was, I was, I was always very independent as a kid, happy yeah. to spend time on my own. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, I've always, yeah, always been like that. Yeah, I'm really like, yeah, I spend, mo- I spend most of day, most days on my own, mm-hmm. just training. Yeah, lone wolf. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. well, I'm just happy, just happy like that. And how do you? And for a lot of people who struggle with mental health, like, have you got any advice as to how to, how do you keep yourself? above the water like there must be day are there days where you ever feel down or low like do you have low days yeah it's normal yeah what, what, what do you define by mental health i know i do see a lot of chat on Instagram. mental wellness so like you know um keeping yourself in a in a sense of kind of equanimity rather than s- swinging from moments of extreme joy to extreme right. sadness finding that middle path Got it. Okay. So the thing that's feeling joy or the thing that's feeling sad is, mm. is your ego. Mm. And the more that you identify with your ego, which is, I feel this and I feel that. And, you know, then the more pain and suffering that you'll have. Mm. People don't have mental health. It's more that they're stuck in their head and they don't know how to get out because they think that their thoughts are them. And once you read some nice books, I recommend The Power of Now, and you learn to separate the voice in your head that talks a lot of shit about you and talks a lot of shit about everyone else, when you can learn to separate that and be a bit more present, which I recommend stretching because it forces you to be present because it's horrible. Um, Once you get a bit more present, then you won't identify with the crappy thoughts that are going on in your head. And I'm not saying that they're not thinking that. I'm saying that they think that it's them that's thinking that. That's my take on mental health. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's not that we're suffering. It's not that anyone's suffering. Nobody's suffering. It's you're identified with the sufferer mm-hmm. rather than seeing yourself as separate mm-hmm. from the ego which is calling suffer mm. yeah many people talk about uh, especially with chronic illness how it's very easy to become your illness to allow your illness to dominate every aspect of who you are and, and it kind of defines you mm. you know hi i'm robbie i, I have chronic back pain <laughs> yeah oh i get yeah. do you know how many emails i get and i had i did this on instagram the other day um hey hey roger i've got scoliosis like you know, you're identified with this word called scoliosis. Mm. If a doctor, you know, I've, when I was a kid, they were like, oh, you've got ADHD. Mm-hmm. My ex called me, I can't remember what she said. She said, you've got something syndrome. Do you know what I mean? I, I'm not gonna start identifying with these labels. Mm. If you wanna find an issue, mm. trust me, you will find one. Mm. Go to your doctors, tell them some symptoms and they'll give you as many issues as you want. And a couple of pills to go with it. And some pills. <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually harder to go, there's nothing wrong with me mm. whatsoever, mm-hmm. and I'm perfect. Mm. You know, but we don't. We won't do that because then that's like, oh, it's. N- and again, I don't mean it in an egotistical way mm. to say like I'm perfect. But if you know, if a doctor tried to give me anything mm. and tell me that I had this or that, that you know, I'd tell him to fuck off. Mm. Like, there's nothing wrong with me. Mm. I'm the creator of my world, mm-hmm. and I'm untouchable. You, you know. have that condition where you're allergic to labels, though. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. But I like. No, no, I do. I, I'm completely because because of the identification, yeah. mm-hmm. because of that. Well, you attach to and it, and then you become a victim, yeah. mm-hmm. and then you go around and you tell people your victim story, mm. and then you know everyone's like, "Oh, that's terrible. I feel so sorry." Do for you think you. people become trapped in it, like a, a bit like a prison? No, they love it. They fucking love it. They love their victim story. Mm. People love being victims. People love people feeling sorry for them. Mm. Um, 
because when you're when you're perfect, no, there's no one to feel sorry. There's no one mm. to not feel sorry for you. Mm-hmm. And then that's horrible because then that's lonely. Mm. Because now your response well, it's approval, isn't it? Most you, humans need approval. They yeah. seek approval. But yeah, when when again when you become less identified with your egotistical self that needs approval and needs labels and needs its victim story to survive, mm. then I'm going a little bit deep. Read the power of now. <laughs> read the power of now. I've read it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. Read the power I of now. Tell. You read a new earth. Mm-hmm. Go and do a landmark course. Mm-hmm. You know, do do some do some deep work on do yourself. The work. Have you heard of Byron Katie? Who's that? Similar to Eckhart Tolle. She talks about loving what is. Right. That, you know, there are many things in life that we can get upset about and angry about, but most of them we can't control and we can't change. So why identify with them and be angry about them and mm. let them ruin our day or our lives? We, you know, we have to allow ourselves to be free of these attachments it's very buddhist you could say i guess Mm -hmm. you know you know if you go outside and it's raining don't get upset about it it's raining you can't change it accept it dance in the rain you know it's a twee example but you know that's as simple as it is that we have to learn to love what is because if we don't we'll go from one disappointment to the next you know where i come from in zimbabwe we have this sort of saying um which goes we'll we'll make a plan which just basically is a culture of whatever happens no matter how bad it is we'll figure it out and that we have to focus on the solutions because if we don't, we'll just give up. Like, what's the point of living if you continuously allow these challenges that come at you all the time to derail you and, and cause you to become, uh, you know, angry and, and bitter? Mm. <laughs> so let's, let's um, talk about, let's talk about, what's the next question? Young men in this world, right, right. especially in the Western world, have a lot of pressure on them. Um, right. generally speaking there's there's a real problem in our society especially western society with young men and suicide well okay it's the number one it's the single biggest killer of men under 55 now 5700 men take their own lives every single every single year that's a rugby team every single day mm-hmm. why do you think young men are finding it difficult to kind of exist in this world why do you think this this thing is happening to young men any thoughts on that no, I don't. I don't. I don't. Because I, I've never. I've never heard that stat. Yeah. Uh, why? Why? Why men though? What's the label men? So, out of every suicide, there are does about it just eight, happen to be men? More men are killing, taking their own lives than women. Eighty-nine percent mm. of all suicides are men. Mm. Um, there seems to be a problem with men and mental health, basically. And the reason I'm asking you is because you obviously have quite a strong resilience as a man. You've, mm. you've developed a strong kind of like emotional resilience as a person. I mean, do you have any people in your life who've struggled, men specifically who've struggled with, with emotion or kind of existing generally? Um, have you witnessed that ever? No, not really. I mean, I've, I've always just... I guess, I guess for me, like... I guess if any like if anyone's listening who feels like you know in that in that place for example um you know I, ju- I just feel like what's the best advice is just to maybe separate yourself and go and do some work on yourself mm. um like I was saying earlier there's a lot of like I guess I've always wanted to like learn new things mm-hmm. and, and I've always refused to be part of what is the norm and mm-hmm. and I refused always to fit in mm-hmm. and as soon as anything changes I'll refuse to fit into that and it's just that's just always been mm-hmm. like my demeanor um carve a path of your own I think <laughs> I think that, I think this is a problem with a lot of men is they they want to follow the pack. You know, right. I talked about this in my last podcast with Fraser Bailey, who used to be a butcher. Now he's a full-time vegan advocate and ab- activist. And he talks about the wolf pack and how young men are kind of like indoctrinated into these wolf packs, you could say, whether you, whatever industry you work in, whether you're a trader or a builder or an engineer or whatever, like men kind of herd together and they kind of have this kind of group think and they're this, they have to feel like they have to fit in. You're the, seem to be the antithesis of that. The man who's, decided you're your own person you don't need anyone else to define you and you've kind of created that for yourself as you've grown and i think that resilience 
for me, is what helps a person become strong, become courageous, is about crafting your own identity away from this, this mass of humanity that says, look like this, dress like this, walk mm. like this, talk like this, have this job, or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that, to me, is a, almost like a poison. It kind of just sucks you in. Yeah. And then you become lost in it. Yeah, I feel like... Yeah, I agree with you. It is. It's people wanting to fit in, and then they'll jump from one thing to the other. And mm-hmm. it could. And like I work in fashion, and within fashion, you know, vegan and fashion, they don't really go together, really. Maybe lately, but you know, you'd, you'd expect someone to dress a certain way within mm-hmm. the fashion industry, and the same you expect someone someone to dress a certain way or act a certain way if they were vegan. Mm. And you you know, if you're a personal trainer, you'd expect them to act and talk a specific mm. language. Mm-hmm. Everything is kind of, you know, that boxed off. Mm. And like, you know, I know I kind of go against all of them. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not really like, I'm like, I'm not really a vegan, I'm fashion, but I won't eat, you know, meat. And then I'm like, I'm not really a personal trainer mm-hmm. because like I smoke and, and I, whatever I want and I don't tell people what to eat mm-hmm. so I always just I always just I don't I don't know if I'm doing it on purpose but I'm always making sure that I never fit into any mm-hmm. and as soon as what I'm doing becomes normal mm-hmm. then I'll change again well it's interesting because <laughs> so I, I think your 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 kind of connection with movement and fluidity is reflected in your personality that you're continuous desire for move or to stretch and like that's reflected in who you are your innermost self and interesting the connection between staticness and mental health and fluidity and movement and good mental health there's definitely a lot of science that suggests that moving more and being more in touch with your body gives you a better mental sense of mental health and resilience mm. so there's a lot there but that's a whole another conversation yeah. we could talk for hours no, about I'd, I'd say but, for sure the, the, but i'd say that definitely the, the more the more i focused on on stretching my body mm. um I, if, if when, when you stretch it forces you to when you're in a stretch that's mm. so intense you're not in your head mm. you're you're you you, you you have to be present mm. otherwise you know, you can't not be. You've mm. got this sensation flowing through your body, which is intense. Mm. Um, and if ever I'm feeling, you know, depressed, I've had a shit day or, mm. you know, whatever that label might be, mm-hmm. I, I just go off and I just stretch myself. Mm. And I keep stressing, stretching mm-hmm. until I'm out of my head. Until you're not stressing. <laughs> yeah. And, until, yeah, until it goes, until, yeah. like, I've stopped identifying. Mm. And, you know, I've got caught up in my head. Mm. And so, like, it really, like... Get into stretching. Go to go to a yoga session. You know, if, you know, start you know, and start to do some work on you. Mm. Um, that will help. Last few questions. So finally, let's talk a little bit about food. Yes, white <laughs> bread. Yeah. Chuck so in some smoking for that as well. <laughs> you, we've talked a bit on Instagram, and you've right. said that you have an odd relationship with food. Why? Right. Why is that? It's just annoying. Food is yeah. just so annoying. Now, don't get me wrong. It's tasty. Mm. But it's just so annoying. Just give me a pill. Join. <laughs> just give me a pill with some food in, and yeah. let me just get on with my day. Is that because you're lazy when it comes to food, or you? Yeah, just... I just can't. I have no zero interest. I can't be asked. Mm-hmm. Like there's, like, even if I've got a spare hour, I would rather play on Instagram, mm-hmm. and and actually do nothing and be completely unproductive than go in the kitchen and cook. Or do you even, just not enjoy or it. Or even go to the shop. But do you just not enjoy it, like? cooking and making no, no it's like what it seems like such a waste of time yeah. like no i'm not saying that like, other people don't enjoy <laughs> it but just like it would seem to if you said to me like sit in a room for an hour in silence mm. or like, cook a meal mm. i'd be like the meal, the room in silence mm. like, i couldn't think of anything worse <laughs> but like like yeah i love going to places and i like, get get food quickly so mm. i just like my whole oh, for years years and years like I go to prep or Leon or whatever mm-hmm. and it's just fast mm. and then as I'm eating mm-hmm. I'm always walking I'm mm-hmm. always doing something so it's just it's just like I'm not going to sit down mm. and have this and have this food yeah. so that that's how I see food I like it when I eat it and mm-hmm. I've been, been checking out loads of loads of plant-based places what's your go-to vegan meal um so I've been to Lowe's lately I went to um what's the one by King's Cross Station they just got the new Mildred's. 
No, it's actually, it's like a non, it's not a vegan place, but they do this vegan burger. It's, um... So many now. Yeah, I mean... Gourmet they, Burger Kitchen? All I are. Oh, no, oh, I kind of so want to Google it, because I really have to say it now. Uh, so it's by Queen's Cross Station, they've got one vegan burger, and oh my God, it was like, I thought they gave me the wrong one. I was literally going to take it back, because it was literally like, just it was just so... Me too. Yeah, I just like, I'm not sure I've got this. Honest Burger. Oh, right. But I think they've got that famous one in. Mm-hmm. Is it Beyond? Oh, the Beyond Burger. Yeah. Yes. Have you tried it? Yes, yeah, yeah. The burger how, how meaty is that? It's like real meat. It's a bit weird, yeah, isn't it? It is a bit weird. Like, but I'm all for it. If it, yeah. stops, if it gets people to like not consume. Mm-hmm. So, you're, so, so when it comes to meat, mm. would you eat um, clean meat? So meat that's grown in a lab? It's a weird one, isn't it? Yeah, I think I would. Because it's no, yeah. it will have no antibiotics, no hormones. Oh, but that's be... never affected me. It's never been about that. It's just <laughs> been the fact that I wouldn't, I wouldn't. Kill you want to kill something? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I wouldn't kill a fly. <laughs> There's a fly. I'm like trying to help. Tolerate that little fucker. Yeah. No, I'm trying to help <laughs> it out the window because I can see it's freaking stuck. Yeah. Um, I won't even kill a spider. <laughs> Our neighbour tries to tell us there's rats in the garden. Yeah. And she's like, oh, we're putting some traps down. And I was like, why are you doing that? <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, I don't know. Do you think there's a connection between what we eat and how we feel? No. You don't? So if you eat junk all day, you don't think it'll affect your body's ability to move or... I think I've done it for so long now, it's just like normal. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is I'll stretch regardless. Mm-hmm. Whereas if, if people eat so much that they feel lethargic, mm. that, they probably, that might put them off training. Mm. Whereas, I love it. Mm. You know, like, I love training. Mm. I've, I've, even in the last years, I've got up at four o'clock in the morning mm. to travel two hours to work with a gymnastic coach. Mm-hmm. That, that's how much I love training. And I'll do that on Sundays. And that goes above, like, you know, seeing my family, mm. you know, <laughs> seeing, like, any, any relationship I'm in, that goes mm. above everything. Like that, I get up and I, you know, my mm-hmm. training way above food. You know, that's just the number one priority in my life. Mm. But certain foods are performance enhancing. So I don't know if you know, but like rocket, for example, if you yeah. had a bowl of rocket with some balsamic vinegar, that is proven to imp- improve, drastically improve blood flow throughout really? your body. I Timber- don't like vegetables. <laughs> right. I don't eat vegetables. What if you saw them as or medicine fruit? or as like a, as just functional, like like it's a chemical? Like if chem- it's in if it's in a burger, right, I'll have it. But what if it's if you saw it as something that could improve your body's ability to stretch or move? Would you would that change? No, the because I don't believe it would. I don't believe it would at all. The only way you can improve through movement is to be become more self-aware of your body. Mm-hmm. You, I, like, and the gymnastic coach I've worked with, ex ex uh, ex gymnast, mm. phenomenal. He smokes, eats junk food. And like man, he's he's like me. He's loads of shit. His mm. body awareness is fucking mm. sensational. But how are his arteries? That's the question. Who cares? It's like it's right. What would you rather? Someone who? Do you know? What I mean? It's the other way around. I've met nutritionists mm. who eat really well, mm-hmm. and I'm like, show me your squat. Mm-hmm. It's shit. It's so balance, so though, so isn't you've it? got all, no, no, it's not. You've got all the food, mm. but you can't. Eat, you're not even functioning as a human being. No, what I mean is you 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 know if you eat well and you stretch and you exercise, you can find that at equilibrium but if you eat crap and you don't stretch or move I don't know you know you're not really going to be a very healthy and resilient person but if you're exercising a lot and you're eating okay Mm. you know you can get by I think you I haven't seen all your meals and what you eat but you seem to I mean the white bread's a bit like freaks me out white bread why just because of what it does to your lower gut like the glueiness of it it literally coats your lower gut with like mucus and like Sorry. Just, um, just like clogs you up. Like. <laughs> I thought I kicked you at the table. Oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> it must sound weird on there. Sorry. It's fine, I'll cut that out. <laughs> I just people so random. I guess, right. I don't know. I don't know with food. Okay. Food is fuel, though. You obviously agree to that. No, I don't. You don't? All. No, because I'm not trying to use it as What fuel. does your body run on then? Yeah, yeah, it's because I can literally. Br- fucking bread and rice all day mm-hmm. my performance will still improve mm-hmm. because if you're consistent in your practice obviously yeah yeah but like for me abs, abs is made in the kitchen is like the worst ever 
quote is like the most ridiculous thing. Mm. That's like saying, you know, I work with gymnasts who work, train for seven hours a day, every day of the week, mm. and someone is fucking cooking some rocket in their kitchen <laughs> and trying to claim it's the rocket. Mm. No, man, these are phenomenal, phenomenal mm. humans of course. who work hard and, you know, train really hard and they eat shit, mm. but they're the best movers on this planet. But they're super young, probably, and your youth is. It is a. What yeah, but yeah, your youth is the time when you're going to perform the best. Yeah, of course. So it doesn't, Leas. Yes, who cares when you're older? Yeah. You're, you're going to be. <laughs> you're going to as long as you can move well. So it's, yeah. it's, it's like that. Would you rather? Yeah, would I rather be, you know, someone with a walking stick mm. who's got really nice like lungs and heart, mm -hmm. or would I be someone who's just like freaking? Got Ninja. all the movement in my body, <laughs> yeah. you know, but just, <laughs> I don't know, like, that, I guess you could, you could say food is my, my vice. I've never been about health. Mm. Like, I, like, I know I work within the health and fitness space. Mm. All my goal is, is to teach people how to become more self-aware and present in their bodies and how to relieve pain. Mm. But I'll, you know, I'm not condoning anyone eating. Mm -hmm eat a specific diet. I know my diet shit and I know I won't change it. Mm. Maybe you may maybe in ten years. Mm -hmm. Um but I'll eat as I'll eat anything mm. as long as it's not an animal product. Amen to that. Last question. <laughs> <laughs> what what gives you hope for the future? What what, what gives it doesn't. There's no, there's no future. <laughs> and that's the beauty about the present. There's no hope and there's no future. Yeah. This is now. Um, me and you we're in yeah. a studio together I don't think about the future man yeah Mr. Roger Fran thank you so much for joining thanks us for on me, the Robbie. PBM podcast it's been an absolute pleasure guys I really love what you're doing thank really. you thank you massive fan keep it up thank you thanks for listening everyone I've been your host Robbie Lockie and this is the PBN podcast we'll be back next week with more veganism health fitness fashion and everything in between <laughs>